Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. We are in chapters 8 and 9 today. 2 Corinthians, chapters 8 and 9. This is God's Word. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now, finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering, which we administer in order to honor the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this generous gift. 
For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. In addition, we are sending with them our brother who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints, for I know your eagerness to help. And I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year in Achaia, you were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. May God add His blessing to this reading from His holy and inspired Word. Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood is listener-supported. If you would like to help, please get a pen and paper so that I can give you our contact information. You can make a difference in the lives of those who hear this message and the lives of children at Wears Valley Ranch. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. Please visit us online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. Or send in a donation to Wears Valley Ranch at 100 One Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. That's Wears Valley Ranch at 101 Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. 
To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand Paul is writing to people that he loves. He's writing to people that he knows well. And he's encouraging them to follow through on a commitment that they had made early on. Paul says they were the very first who said, we want to help the poor back in Jerusalem and Judea. There were people going through a really tough time. They knew about it, and they didn't just say, well, God bless them. They wanted to do something tangible, do something practical in order to help those who were in need. And so they had volunteered. They'd said, we want to do this. We want to help. The challenge comes in that sometimes we don't follow through on what we intend. The desire may be sincere, but we need to follow through. And so Paul is now, it's not that they had failed, it's they really didn't have the opportunity. Paul isn't writing to rebuke these folks or to say, come on, get with it, you promised. He's simply giving them the opportunity because the folks who are going to be gathering up the provision and taking it to Jerusalem are going to be coming along with the letter. Paul is saying, I'm going to follow up. Titus is going ahead with this letter that's giving you an opportunity to get ready. Now, I want us to see a number of characteristics of biblical giving in this passage. This is not all that the Bible has to say about giving, but here are two chapters together that are talking about this subject, and it's a very important subject. Do you know who talked more about money than anybody else in the Bible? Jesus. And the reason is because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, Paul begins in chapter 8 by talking about the Macedonian churches who were going through extreme trial, who were experiencing severe poverty, and who had overflowing joy. Look at verse 2. How can they be having overflowing joy when they're financially poor and going through persecution? Well, because they know Jesus. That's how. And so there's joy overflowing, and out of that overflowing joy, they pleaded with the Apostle Paul for the privilege of giving. They said, we heard about those folks that they're having a hard time, we want to help. And he's like, man, you, you, uh, you're having your own hard time. And they're like, oh, but we want to help them. Can you please, please, we want to take up an offering, and we want to give to help them. They were eager to give, verse 4. And so Paul says, they surprised us. They didn't do, in verse 5, as we expected, but they gave themselves. Isn't that a beautiful expression? They didn't just give some money. They gave themselves. First to the Lord and then to us, he says. And then out of that, they were able to give. And he says, so we want Titus to share that with you. And to encourage you to give like that. Just as you excel in everything, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. The word grace there is the word for gift. It's, it's a, 
It's something we don't deserve, but our giving is actually a gift. The fact that we can give is a gift. When I inherited some money from my cousin, the greatest joy in that was the ability to give, to do some things that we would have loved to have done before, but we didn't have the resources to do it. And God said, okay, here you go. Put up or shut up. It was thrilling. When my parents in their 80s came to live with Mrs. Wood and me up on the mountain, they sold their house in Montreat. They'd never had that kind of money. But they gave away half of it within the first few months. Why? Because they wanted to. They weren't paying a bunch of debts. They weren't in debt. But they had a longing to help, and now they could do it. And so it was a joy. It was a thrill. Folks, the opportunity to give is a gift. It's a gift. And the Apostle Paul says, we need to be giving according to what we have, not according to what we don't have. Don't sit around saying how much you'd do if you only had more money. Look at the money you have and decide how would God have me use this for his glory. Give according to what you have. The gift that most impressed Jesus in the Gospels was the widow who put in something that was just like nothing to most people. Jesus said, no, she gave the most because that's all she had. She gave what she had. You may say, well, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really broke right now. Well, what do you have? Do you have time? Do you have some energy that you could do something for somebody else? How about doing something for somebody else who can't pay you back? And maybe you could even do it in such a way that they wouldn't know who did it. What if you looked for ways to bless others with what you do have? Paul says, I want you to know that as you give, we're being careful to administer the gift properly. There are some organizations I would encourage you not to give to, okay? Because what they do with the money is, in my humble opinion, not honoring to God. But you have to pray about that and decide what God would have you do. But please notice what Paul says here. And that is, we are being careful in how we handle this gift. Titus is going to be a part of it. There are going to be some other guys who are coming along because we want to be sure that there's not any question about what happened to that money. There should be people who are trusted people who together are overseeing the finances. That's the way it's supposed to work. So Paul says it's important that the gift be administered properly. And in verses 22 through 24, he says that the giving should also be a witness and an encouragement to others. It is okay sometimes to share what you are doing or what someone else has done 
not for the purpose of glorifying them, but as an encouragement for somebody to say, I could do that. I should do that. Praise the Lord. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Biblical giving, giving the way it should be done, should be planned. Planned and executed, followed through. Do what you plan. Don't say, well, you know, I just, I don't have time to think about it. You need to think about it. God has blessed all of us with more resources than we generally realize. Have you ever heard yourself saying, I'm sorry, I just don't have time? All of us have 24 hours in a day. What we mean is, I'm sorry, my time is committed to other things. Okay, that can be legit. But you at least need to examine what your time is committed to. How is your energy being used? What are you doing with the resources you have? Paul says, and God is speaking to us through him, There's no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints, for I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give. And your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. You've actually been an encouragement to others. But he says, but now I want to be sure that you really follow through. Because if you don't follow through, and suddenly you have to make good on what you said, that gets unpleasant. So he says, it's good to plan ahead, but then be sure and follow through on your plans. I remember a a fellow in Atlanta who uh, was a friend, and uh, he was at another brother's church, and um, I was preaching at that church, and he said, um, years ago when we were building this building, the congregation was encouraged to make a pledge to the building fund. And he said, I prayed about what God would have me do, and I made a pledge based on that. And I turned it in, and I felt pretty good about it. And then I got a call from so-and-so, who was the church treasurer, and he said, Roy, I want to thank you for your generous commitment. When should I come by and pick up the check? (laughs) Roy said, I was really taken aback, but I realized I'd said I would give that to the Lord. I needed to do it. And he said, and this brother encouraged me to follow through. Folks, all of us sometimes need to be encouraged to follow through on what we said. It's not enough just to have good intentions. There should be a plan and there should be follow through. In verses 6 through 15, we talk about again the principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping is real. There are some TV evangelists who are so-called who have tried to turn that into a a multi-million dollar industry for themselves, telling people, you know, God promises that if you give, he will reward you. My address is, that's not God's address. That's that guy's address. If God tells you to give to that guy, fine. But if he's telling you, I feel an anointing right now for a threefold return. Those who give today will receive three times as much back. Now, do it right now. Go to the phones. Call this number. Turn the channel. Don't listen to that garbage. 
pastor would be careful. I am being careful and I want you to be careful. Don't support charlatans. What's a charlatan? It's a fake. But is this thing of sowing and reaping real? Yeah. In fact, we read elsewhere, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, he shall also reap. So we're not just talking money. We're talking about what you do with your life. If you are sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. If you are sowing to the Spirit, doing what God calls you to do, you're going to be rewarded. You will be blessed. So when it comes to giving, we're not supposed to give because we want to get a bunch more. Let me tell you something. God promises that he will reward. God promises that he will bless. But the reason you do it is not to get the blessing. It's because you are grateful for what God has already done and what God has promised to do. You are freed up to give because you're not thinking in terms of, I've got to hang on to this because something might happen. Lots is going to happen. But one thing that won't happen is for God to forget his promises. God will take care of you. He guarantees it. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. God says that he will reward obedience. The service you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, verse 12. It's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you've proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Do you pray for the people who support the ranch? Do you pray, you kids, you staff, do you pray for the folks who are giving faithfully to keep the lights on, to provide the groceries, to pay the insurance bill, to pay the staff? Do you pray for those people? They're praying for you. They do. They pray for you. And they give generously. God knows what he's doing. And he promises that he'll reward your obedience. There's so many gifts that we've received across the years. One of my favorites came just recently. A young guy who lives on a farm in Maine who watches these devotions most mornings heard that we were seeking to get the land next door. And he wrote and wrote a note, said, Dear Pastor Wood, my name is, I was probably four years old the last time I met you. He said, uh, I understand that you need money in order to acquire more land. I am enclosing $200. I hope that it helps. If you are not able to get the land, please use as you wish. Well, God's providing that land. But that gift, though not the largest dollar amount we received, is one of the gifts that impacted me the most. As I've gone through and written thank you letters to the people who gave. 
Let me just tell you something. God sees not just what you give, but he sees what you've got, because he's the one who gave it to you. Ask God what he would have you do with what you have. Not just your money. Remember, the church that Paul's talking to need to know that these other folks who were extremely poor gave themselves first to the Lord. That's where it starts. That's where it still needs to start for us today. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.